This is the Farm and Garden Show with your hosts, Michael Foley and Sarah Grusky. Today we visit a farmer's market to find out why people shop there and why vendors show up to serve them. By the way, there are currently four winter markets in Mendocino County, Fort Bragg, Laytonville, Ukiah, and Willits. To find days, times, and locations, go to mcfarm.org. That's mcfarm.org. It might seem that farmers' markets have always been with us, but the truth is that there was a time between the 1950s and the mid-70s that they pretty much disappeared from the United States. When I moved to Philadelphia in 1967 and started baking bread, I ran into a fellow graduate student at the supermarket one day who took one look at the packaged whole wheat flour I was buying and told me I had to get the real stuff, fresh, stone ground, direct from the farmer at the Reading Terminal Farmer's Market. I'd never been to a farmer's market before, or even seen one to my knowledge, but intrigued I went to the market. There, in a crumbling corner of the old terminal, I found three or four vendors. They may have all been Amish, and one family had flour from their own fields and mill. Thirty years later, on a trip to Philadelphia, I took in the Reading Terminal Market again. It was in a cavernous below-street-level chamber, filled with booths, open-air restaurants, butcher shops, fishmongers, and shoppers, hundreds of them. Also early in my stay in Philadelphia, I discovered the Italian market, one or two blocks in South Philly, where we could buy olive oil in colorful one-gallon tins, espresso coffee and the coffee maker to go with it, and all sorts of imported treats. Up and down the one or two blocks of the market, actually a shopping district, were butcher shops where sides of beef, pork, and lamb hung in open air, to be butchered to order by skilled butchers. Though I never heard of any contamination emanating from those shops, they are undoubtedly long gone, erased by public health officials, leaving us with prepackaged meat, raised on subsidized corn and soy, and butchered in assembly lines by poor immigrant labor, under the thumb of one of the three corporations that control most meat sales in this country today. In 1969, I studied in Europe briefly, and found daily farmers' markets in Paris, where a vendor doled out chunks of a great wheel of cheese from Puy-de-Dôme. European regulators since then have been waging war on artisan cheese, but I doubt they've managed to circumscribe the markets the way markets are circumscribed here in California. As one American expat told Michael Moore a few years ago, 
In France, the police are afraid of the people. In the United States, it's the other way around. Ditto for the bureaucrats. California's legislature and bureaucrats discovered, around 1977, that they had almost succeeded in outlawing farmers' markets, thanks to a series of orderly marketing agreements that specified, to size a box and number of items packed, what has come to be known as standard pack. You couldn't legally present for sale any produce that hadn't first been transported in standard pack. But that's not how farmers come to farmers' market, or to restaurants, or the few grocery stores that will deal with them directly. So farmers' markets appeared impossible. The legislature, bless them, acted to remedy this by creating an elaborate system to ensure that all the produce displayed at market was actually grown by the farmer vendor. Actually, there are some bizarre exceptions. There's nothing like this system anywhere in the country. But enough of the politics of market. Let's visit a market. And full disclosure, I've been a market manager for 10 years or so, with a couple off for good behavior. And as you have heard, I have my views about California's attempts to manage farmers' markets. But let's go to market and meet some of the folks there and hear what they have to say about the market. Be forewarned, it can be a noisy place. We're at the Willits Farmers Market for the beginning of December. Willits is one of seven certified farmers markets Boonville, Laytonville, Mendocino, Redwood Valley, Ukiah, Willits, and Fort Bragg, all operated by the Mendocino County Farmers Market Association, known as McFarm. The certified means that these markets are registered with the California Department of Food and Agriculture, CDFA, pay quarterly fees to the department are subject to inspection and agree to comply with the regulations developed in 1977, supposedly to further the quote-unquote industry of farmers' markets. Certification has nothing to do with food safety, everything to do with paperwork. There are other markets in the county as well, which do what most farmers' markets around the country do. They regulate themselves. CDFA doesn't have the resources to shut them down, but technically the state could do so. The music you hear has been organized by Richard Jeske, who prefers to go by Two Trees Xanapon. Let's talk to Two Trees. Okay, we are talking to Two Trees Xanapon, who has been organizing the music for the Willits Farmers Market since before I came here. How long? I'm figuring uh, 2002 is when we started playing the market. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you put together the Farmers Market Band. Yeah, it's been a, a moving group of characters through the years. The first year was mostly me and Bonnie Coates, and we donated all the money that we earned to the, the Willett Skate Park, which was uh -huh. in process then. And then for the next six years, all the money that we earned, we gave uh, scholarships to graduating high school students who were going to uh, follow up playing music doing music studying music so uh -huh. and we've been keeping the money ever since then <laughs> <laughs> and you've got you've got a much bigger band than when i started at the market yeah we have years ago. the core is about five people when they can come and we've got a couple other people that come sometime so uh -huh. i consider the core about five people and it's the most exciting band i've ever played with really yeah. It's a wonderful band. Yeah, up to three horns sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. It's very exciting for me. Yeah. 
And you've done the Ukiah market as well? A few well times Ukiah, too, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. like that. you play elsewhere? Mostly other private parties and yeah. stuff like that. So why do you do the farmer's market? I love the farmer's market. I'm so dedicated to the farmer's market. Yeah. I would say that I've been to more Willits farmer's market than any other person around. <laughs> I, yes. I, I think Even when I'm not playing, I, I, I'm making here. Yeah. 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 Great. So um, you organize the music for the market. You're not on every week. No, twice a month we're on. We've got two other bands the other two weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I think Farmer's Market should be the first place that people shop. And uh, I think it would be a, a rich community of uh, gardeners if that's really what happened, where people came here first, see what they could buy here first. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Willits is outdoors most of the year, but unlike every market but Laytonville, which meets in Harwood Hall, we're able to meet indoors over the winter thanks to the generosity of our local Grange. Here's Annie Waters, sometimes officer of the Little Lake Grange. We are talking to Annie Waters, who is a longtime member of the Little Lake Grange and a regular farmer's market. And we are now indoors at the Grange, thanks Yay. in part to Annie. So just tell us what's been your experience with, with Farmer's Market over the years, and why do you support it? Why do you keep coming? Well, I think, gosh, from a big, wide perspective, Farmer's Markets are what bringing, bringing communities together around food and gardens everywhere in the most unlikeliest of places. Tiny little town, Hastings, Michigan thriving farmers market Uh a lot of outdoor markets and they're wonderful most of the year but let's come inside when the weather is not um, conducive and we're so happy here at the Grange to be you know supporting the market and hosting the market weekly it's a beautiful gathering place if you could be here to see it I insist that you must come (laughs) or come to your local market wherever you're listening from in the county you know just go to the market and see what a lovely community gathering it is and the food is absolutely fresh it's just the best food grown by people who love their soil and their food and they're sending you their love in the food good Thank you very much. I couldn't have, I couldn't have voiced a better endorsement myself. Well, Michael, I'm not supposed supposed to because I'm the host. You're the host. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Farmers Market depends upon a rich array of vendors, and we're going to talk with a few to learn why they participate. I'm talking to Ben Hewitt. He and his brother Mick were on Mulligan Gardens in Laytonville, and together they've probably been to most of the farmers markets in the county. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We go to all of them: Laytonville, Willet, Ukiah. We also do Covelo, Gualala. Uh, what am I missing? Bell Fort, Springs, Bell Springs, Fort Bragg, of course. Um, we actually don't really go to Mendocino, the town the town of Mendocino. That's uh-huh. the, the only one we don't. And really you haven't do. done Boonville. Uh, and Boonville, we also don't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> ben is the mushroom cultivator for the farm, both indoors and outdoors. I hear now. That's right. Actually, we we don't really do outdoor. It's all indoor, actually. I grow several varieties of blue oysters. 
Uh, I do pink oysters, yellow oysters, pearl oysters. Uh, in addition to that, I also grow lion's mane. That's the mushrooms that you see here before you. They're really pretty, like little white snowballs. Uh, I grow several types of shiitakes. Uh, I do a little bit of turkey tail, reishi mushroom, uh, chestnut mushroom, and I believe that's about it. And again, everything is actually indoor, uh, which means that I control the temperature, humidity, uh, the light, everything. But if these, uh, and we call these grow logs, which is pretty much a, a, a plastic polytubing that is filled with pasteurized straw, when those are done, we call that spent, when they're spent, uh, they actually go outside in the winter. We can't do this really in summer, but you know, now with all the rain and humidity in the air, we can actually hang them outside in the forest and they will continue to grow mushrooms. And that's ah, what you see over here. I see. And so you see that these outdoor mushrooms, they're a lot more brown, they're darker, but they're also way bigger. And if you compare it to this here, uh, that's the indoor mushroom, they just look a lot cleaner, a lot more, you know, yeah. Less beat up. Less beat up. I guess that's the right word. And yeah. so, yeah. And they're both blue, blue oysters. They're, they're both blue oysters. And it's so cool because actually they look totally different. And I got a lot of people here um, at the farmer's market. They tell me, you know, so, or they ask me, what what is this strain, right? And what's what's the what's the difference between these two strains? And they're not different. They're exactly the same kind. It's just a different um, you know, grow conditions that make the mushrooms turn so different in loops, which is really fun. It's really yeah. cool. The mushroom growing mushrooms is is really a fascinating thing. Uh, whether you do it for a living or just for hobby, uh, I can really recommend it to everybody. It's just such a joy in growing mushrooms. You really start to develop a relationship. Um, you know, they will tell you when the mushrooms are too dry, and they will tell you when they're too hot, and you know, it's really cool to kind of, uh, you know, learn all those little uh, pointers that the mushrooms give you. <laughs> and how long have you been doing it? Um, for on a commercial level, almost five years. Um, and, you know, for fun, I guess I did a, a year extra. So call it six years now, give or take. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna let you um, be interrupted by this rude customer here. Yes. <laughs> Are you yeah. getting some mushrooms, man? Yeah. I like some of your hariciums, please. Oh, here. She knows the Latin names. How about that? Haricium. That's uh, yes. the lion's mane. And do you know what the, the Latin name is uh, for these ones here? Oysters. Are we, are we still on the air, Michael? <laughs> we are. We are. Oysters, yeah. Um, that's a difficult one. That's the Pleurotus. Pleurotus ostrinatus. Pleurotus ostrinatus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have mushroom Good. camps. Good. Uh, at mushroom camp, Good each deal. cabin is named after a type oh, of mushroom. Oh, fun! And since I put people in cabins, <laughs> I get to go over them. <laughs> that's so cool. and, and that's part of your career as an herbalist. Oh, definitely. Yes. No, that's yeah. my mushroom camp addiction in uh, Sonoma County. I see. Ten dollars <laughs> is your change. Good. <laughs> and let's go ahead and put your lion's mane in a nice brown paper bag. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And there we go. Thank you. Perfect. And how are you going to prepare these delicious lion's mane mushrooms? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably do a saute with them. Nice. 
So there's actually a really fun recipe on YouTube that's uh, a vegan crab cake. People make vegan crab cakes yeah, with these. Yeah, that's flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. I'm so, too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Check out over there. I got yeah. some free persimmons if you're interested. Oh, they're actually free. They are. They are. So free. I see some honey over here. Yes, Is sir. that the lion's mane infused honey? You know, we have, I believe, one jar uh-huh. uh, left, uh, but this is actually all just regular honey. Regular honey. Yeah, but we do do a lion's mane infused honey, that's right, which kind of, you know, is, is like a, a double whammy. It has the medicinal uh, power of the honey and the medicinal power of the uh, lion's mane mushroom. So uh-huh. that's a, a really hot item. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good, good for the brain. Good yeah. for the brain. That's right. That's right. And so, um, yeah, right now, I would say uh, the most I grow is actually the blue oyster. That's really the bulk of my production at the moment. After that, it's actually the lion's mane. Uh, I just started that, uh, you know, on a, on a serious level uh, about a year and a half ago. And it's just such a demand for the lion's mane. It's uh, really going through the roof. And so right now we're growing, uh, give or take, 50 pounds of lion's mane alone per week. And as wow. you can see, it, it goes really quick. You see in here in front of you, there's pretty much, they're all gone. I got one more lion's mane left. Yeah. And I don't know what time it is. It's but, like... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 35 minutes after opening up market. So, yeah. and, and that's just kind of how it goes every market, you know. Yeah. People are loving the lion's mane, so that's great. Yeah. And uh, our total production right now is, uh, is close to 200 pounds of mushrooms a week. Wow. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of production. You need to work really hard to sell all that. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, all the farmer's markets that we're going to. Uh, in addition to that, we have some CSA customers. We also supply to uh, supermarkets, uh, caterers, uh, chefs and restaurants. So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, wow. Wow. it's a busy life, but we love it. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So people can find you at Willits Farmers Market. Yes, sir. Willits Farmers Markets on Thursday. Laytonville Farmers Market on Monday. Fort Bragg Farmers Market on Wednesday. And Ukiah on Saturday. That's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can also find us online on uh, mulligangardens.com or on Instagram at mulligangardens. Oh, good. So there you good. have it. So now you've got this, you've also got this line of spices. And yes, jars that's right. And seasonings. The herbs and spices. Yeah. So that's all my brother, Mick. Is really big in in like uh, the flavor town. That's that's com- totally his thing, and he's just uh, absolute miracle man in in the whole uh, flavoring. You know, he's he's been cooking and uh, you know making flavors uh, pretty much for all his life, as I know. And he's just always been so amazing in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, he's finally kind of putting that to work. You know, which has just been so great. He's making all these um, amazing. Uh, amazing uh, spices and seasoning salts the fungi seasoning salt that's a really hot item spicy garlic salt. i love that one so the smoked seasoning salt and and they're you know again we're selling this, those all over the county and people absolutely love them and that's that's really great and i think um you know if, if you know i might speak so freely but most of the farmers markets don't really have that you can buy all your uh, fresh produce and whatnot but, you know, with actually this also being available at the market, just kind of gives the opportunity for a complete shopping experience. You know, you can buy your meat here, your eggs, 
your fresh veggies, you buy your spices and herbs, and boom, you're done. Yeah, right. So that's that's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, and he he grows as he has quite a quite a, an herb garden. Yeah. Oh he's, yeah. He's grown peppers and. Absolutely, well, peppers, lots of garlic. There's a whole perennial perennial garden with uh, thyme, rosemary, and all that stuff. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, as it writes, uh, as it says right there on the homegrown. on the sign, you know, it's all homegrown. Every single thing that you see here in these spices and herbs uh, actually comes from the property, except for two things, which is the Himalayan uh, pink sea salt and the cane sugar. Uh-huh. And that's the only two that we outsource but besides that everything comes from the property so we're yeah. pretty proud of that yeah it's that's awesome. great it's pretty yeah. it's pretty impressive i've yeah. seen both your mushroom growing facility mm-hmm. and mix drying and pulverizing right. and packaging facility they're yeah. both really impressive on a little piece of land right. in Laytonville, outside of Laytonville. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see how things are improving, you know. Like, for instance, now we got, uh, you know, for, for the packaging, you know, we got this sealer machine that actually seals the, the top of these jars. So, we're you know, we're getting more and more, uh, you know, uh, how should I say, like, automated. And uh, another thing we have is like filler machines, so they actually fill the jars automatically. Oh. So we just have to fill, uh, a, you know, a hopper with the with the spice mixes, and it will actually fill the jars. Uh, so yeah, you know, I mean, we're stepping up our game. Yeah, uh, I you think sure you are. Say. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, it's great to have you in market. Yeah, yeah. hey, thanks, yeah. Michael. Thanks yeah. for uh, doing okay. the interview. Yes, that's all right. <laughs> nice talking. Just want to remind you that you are listening to the Farm and Garden Show on KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, also streaming on the web. As Ben listed all the foods you can find at Farmer's Market, I couldn't help but notice that he left out one food category dairy. Aside from high-end cheese, you won't find milk or other dairy products at market. Why not? That is a sad story about the food scene in California, but I'll make it brief. To put it in the starkest terms, we could say that California has basically outlawed really small-scale dairy, the sort of dairy that used to supply people's milk and butter and cheese needs in rural areas. As in most cases, that wasn't the declared purpose of the policies enacted. But that was the effect. And to tell the truth, honest efforts to repair the damage are regularly squashed by the lobbyists for big dairy. We know, Sarah and I, were part of a movement to do that and saw that happen. How was it done? The biggest obstacle to small dairy getting legal are facilities requirements. Lots of concrete, stainless steel, and plastic are required for a licensed facility. In other words, California has approached a food safety matter not with widespread testing or mandated procedures, though there are some of those in the code, but with the building code. I once estimated that it would cost us up to a quarter of a million dollars to comply. Not worth it if you were just milking a couple of cows or five or ten goats, and we would have to pay for quarterly inspections to make sure, among other things, that there were no cobwebs in the rafters of our milking parlor. Dairy, it turns out, is less available and more tightly regulated in California than cannabis. Meat producers have their own expensive hurdles, but they don't involve a building code. 
they do have to send their cattle and sheep and goats to a USDA-inspected slaughterhouse several hours away from Mendocino County, and then have them butchered and wrapped in a USDA-licensed facility, of which there are only a couple within a reasonable distance. The costs raise the price of local meat considerably, which is why the mass-produced stuff at the supermarket is always cheaper than the quality meat our local producers offer at market. But let's move on to another vendor. So I'm with Catherine Flink of the New Agrarian Collective at Ridgewood Ranch. And Catherine, we're like 40 minutes into the market and it looks like you're seriously depleted. Has it been a big rush? There's been a big rush, yeah. It's been a pretty busy day. I guess we should have brought more. So <laughs> it's hard to tell, though, if you should bring a lot and then you end up with a lot of leftovers or if you bring too little and then you just waste time at the market. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But tell us what you've got. Um, we've got radishes, purple daikon variety. We've got watermelon radish variety. And then we've got, in terms of brassicas, we've got kale, broccoli, um, Romanesco, and then multicolored cauliflower. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, and then we got some winter squash and all our garlic and onions from the summit. What are, what are the sort of pink purple winter squash? The pink purple ones. We've got black futsu down there. Are the really pimply ones. And then there's the Autumn Frost variety. Uh -huh. um, and they're all just really great roasting. I mean, yeah. Yeah. and or soups, but I mostly eat them in Those roasting. Those on the edge? Those are red curries. Um, we do have kabochas as well. You do have kabochas too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell people about watermelon radish? Yeah, so watermelon radish is a super beautiful variety that on the outside is going to be like white and green and then on the inside it's going to be a really vibrant pink color and so when you cut it open you've got the white and the green and the red and the pink and it's very reminiscent of watermelon so it's it's a very mild radish super delicious for salads and stuff like that. New Agrarian Collective has been coming to market for a bunch of years now. How long have you been associated with them? I've been associated since 2018, I guess, um, but full-time since 2020, uh -huh. so about two years solidly. And you're a co-manager of the market? Co-manager of the farm, yeah. I mean, farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bigger job. <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> Running that farm is a big job. It is. Yeah. It's a monster. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad that we get to bring produce to share with the community. So, so I'm going to ask this for the sake of the audience, but also for my sake as okay. manager. Yeah. You're going to be coming all winter? Yeah, we're going to be coming all winter. It may dwindle a little bit. We were a little late on some fall planting and kind of deciding what was going to happen for fall and winter. Um, but we'll be here, so yeah. we'll have stuff then. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, there was a there was a time when the winter market at the Grange had just one produce vendor, wow. and we are we're, we're really blessed <laughs> to have these guys, the New Agrarian Collective. Yeah, well, I like it better than summer farming, anyways. So, <laughs> no, beat the heat. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Oh. Thank you for being here and for talking. Well, thanks for doing it and running yeah. the market. Yeah. So Amanda Farrell has been at this market since before I came. She's been doing farmer's markets. 
I don't know how long I'm going to ask her. She's also the manager right now of the Redwood Valley Farmers Market. But let's start with Amanda and her farm and her business. How long have you been coming to farmers markets? So I started in Redwood Valley in 17 seasons ago. My young oh. or my oldest son was one year old uh, when, okay. when I started. Um, so he's 18 now, and we started with produce, eggs, and ceramics. And oh. I joined Willet probably about 12-ish years ago. Oh, uh, okay. And then Ukiah got added like 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And the farm expanded and depleted with losing birds and expanded in other ways. You're not doing eggs anymore. I only do eggs for certain customers because uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I don't I cook with them so I need yeah. more yeah. Um, for the cooking part of the business and yeah. I expanded probably about 10 years ago into jams and baked goods and now we have a food truck and we process a lot of food from our garden in the food truck that goes with the jams or goes with whatever we're preparing but we also buy from local farms and feature it in the food truck yeah and the food truck doesn't go just to farmers markets no it goes to events like concerts in the park it goes to wineries it goes to anderson valley brewing company quite a lot uh private events caterings so we do all kinds of things. Yeah. And you have been involved in the Farmers Market Association for a long time, too. Right, about 12 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 When Redwood Valley went certified, that's when I got uh, a certified Farmers Market. That's when I got involved. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're currently secretary. No, I'm Jesus. vice president. Oh, you're vice president. That's yeah. right. I'm VP. You're VP. Yeah. <laughs> you do the newsletter. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yes. Um, and why why do you do markets? I love it for the people. I really do. We have so much to feature in the county. Um, so much local goods that not a lot of people know about. And I like the relationships with the customers. And I do it for the people. Yeah. Good. Good. So. Yeah. That is a very good reason. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. It is. The connection. So let me let me just take a little survey of what's at Amanda's table. There are all sorts of jams and jellies, including what I've always loved about Amanda's jams and jellies is creative mixes. She has several pepper jellies, pepper jams right now. She also has produce. Um, there... Are there's car- caramel popcorn? There's lots of baked goods. Never make it to 82. She has um, for dinner today a lasagna and a tomato bisque. When she has a food truck, of course, there's a lot more, a bigger range of, of choices. But we're inside, and so we're doing what we can with the space. All right, thanks, Amanda. You're welcome. So I'm talking now with Reza Ganadan, who is probably the most popular vendor currently in this market because he is the bread baker. Uh, how much bread do you bake for a market every week? Let's just start with Willits. 
Um, I bake uh, about 500 loaves per week. Per week. Per week. And Willets, I bring about 120 loaves uh-huh. to Willets. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, about the same number to uh, Fort Bragg, uh, about 150 loaves to Yokaya, uh-huh. and about 80 loaves to Windsor. Ah, uh, you go to Windsor too? Windsor. Ah, okay. Okay. And um, how did you get into bread baking? How long have you been doing this? I have been baking off and on for about 30 years. And as of two and a half years ago, after the COVID layoffs, I started doing this on a regular basis. So I have been using a starter that I've had for 30 years. And uh, any, any, uh, after my bread is always sourdough and organic. And that starter really helps uh, develop the bread in the way that I'm happy with. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a lot of loaves to do. I'm a bread baker too. I do two at a time, and, and you're doing 150 at a time or more. At a time, yes. It's the same process. I have a bigger oven and and bigger uh, dough mixer, and just uh, have somebody wonderful who helps me. Hi, how are you? I you, you can become part of our. Our, our conversation, conversation, if you like. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yes, and and that is the difference be- between I have developed a process that works for me, uh, but there's no cutting corners because that really degrades the quality of bread. Every loaf has given the same attention as if I'm making one loaf at a time. Uh-huh. With uh, shaping, with proofing, with uh, fermenting, and all of that, and the time is between eighteen to twenty-four hours, depending on the bread. Uh-huh. That's how long the first five hours of fermentation. Then eighteen hours, twenty hours, it depending depends on uh, how what is the structure of bread, and uh, so. That happens to all of my loaves, uh-huh. regardless. Yeah. Wow. And uh, no corners, no cutting corners. And uh, this is one job that I've had out of many jobs in my life that I'm absolutely and totally and completely passionate about. I can be as tired as you can imagine. I lift the first scoop of flour and I'm back in the zone and I'm happy, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Very so, good. That's, that's that is really the truth. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And people wonder, well, how can you put 20 hours easily? Uh-huh. I, I just don't even know that I'm putting uh-huh. this many hours. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, and you do it all at home? All at home. We converted our garage to a bakery. Yeah. And I started with one oven with a capacity of one loaf at a time. The first night we went online, we got a, an order of 44 loaves. Oh and God. you can imagine, one loaf, 45 minutes, and I had to do 44 loaves. Oh, no. <laughs> now I have the luxury of an oven that I can bake 24 loaves at a time. So uh-huh. yeah. that makes that 500 number possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you started out selling just to friends and neighbors on your porch, is that right? Well, we started out giving them as a gift. I used to work at the hospital, at Howard Hospital, 
and all of my nurse friends, all my doctor friends got free loads. And one certain doctor kept telling me, Reza, you can sell this. And I kept saying, no, I don't need to sell it. I'm enjoying doing it. Uh -huh. Little did I know I can combine the enjoyment of baking with making a living. Uh -huh. And they both work fine. I mean, I'm not even worried about making a living because uh -huh. I enjoy doing it so much. Uh -huh. Making a living is just a coincidence. Yeah. So. And, and why farmers markets? I'm sorry? Why farmers markets? The farmers markets is the only place that you can get in touch with the person who actually uses your product, eats your product, gives you feedback, gives you their feelings, and can talk to you about the importance of what you do to them. And that inspires you to go back and maintain the quality that makes them happy. And also, you know that in this environment, I buy all my products from other vendors because they're organic and they're the best product and also I'm supporting other vendors by purchasing the product. And the farmer's market is a community of uh, intentional help and support. So we are there really helping each other out and the people who benefit from this synergy is our community. Yeah, definitely. Looks like you have a customer, and I'm going to let her interrupt us. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that was the customer who is going to get her tokens, meaning her EBT tokens, and going to come back and pay for the loaf of bread that she just walked off with. Um, you get a lot of EBT tokens? I get a lot of EBT tokens, and I have to this day have a person who was given a bread or two or three for that matter and did not come back to pay me for it. Yeah, people always and do. Always do. I think that good intention from one side causes good intention from the other. Yeah. And that's this community is all about. Yeah, cool. And one more question about your bread. Sure. Um, you recently, in the last couple of months, started doing focaccia. Um, was that in response to a customer suggestion or... Yes, uh, the focaccia basically was something that a lot of people asked me for. And focaccia is really the most popular piece of bread or form of bread in Italy. And I tell people that you can use, they can use that focaccia to make sandwiches, eat it by itself, put some mozzarella and melting mozzarella and focaccia is a good a combination of a pizza and a bread yeah. and this is something that they can do very versatile and they can use it and you can make hundred different kinds of focaccia yeah. with so many different ingredients I have already made four of them uh -huh. and there's no limit to what I can do with focaccia yeah you can keep yeah. experimenting keep ex and exactly. I take it you like I, I like <laughs> it very much yeah very good well yeah. you're an important part of this market thank you you have become, in a very short time, an anchor of this market. Thank you. So that's that's Thank wonderful. You. Thank you. For Thank you. I'm proud and happy to be here. Yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. In case you just tuned in, this is the Farm and Garden Show. I'm Michael Foley. We've just been talking with Reza Ganadan at the Willits Farmers Market about his business, his participation in the market as part of a part of a show on farmers markets in general. 
And this is KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. We're also streaming on the web. Like Reza, Henry Shevitz comes to market in part for the people. Let's hear from Henry. Are you going to ask me questions? I'm going to ask you a leading question. Good. You've been coming to Farmer's Market for a while. Um, Why do you come? Wow. Am I on? You're on. I'm on. So uh, I've been coming to the Farmer's Market for probably a couple of decades now. And uh, why do I come? I come because it's Willits. It's my community. People are are here. I see friends. I see people who are producing food and products, and it's just very exciting to me. Good. Just I don't even know if exciting is the right word. It's just comforting. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you shop a lot when you come? Um, I shop a little bit. Uh-huh shop a little bit. I grow some of my own food. So some of the stuff, especially during the season when I come, you know, there's garlic everywhere, there's zucchini everywhere. Right. And I've got that. But um, I don't have chickens. Um, I uh, used to have chickens, but then a bear came and ate them all uh-huh. decades ago. So now I buy my eggs here, there, and everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks. Thank yeah. you, Michael. All right. I'm talking to Jesse Tanning, who is owner of Inland Ranch and probably goes to as many farmers markets as Ben, almost all of them in the county. Jesse, how long have you been farming? Um, farming on this level for about 10 years. Um, farming all my life. Um, I've got a certified organic vineyard. So I guess farming grapes now for 32 years and been certified organic for 32 years. And then you started doing vegetables alongside the grapes? Yes. Uh And just kind of doing a few markets while I attended bar and worked in the restaurant business for 25 years and then decided to get out of that and do farmer's markets full time. Uh Uh Very grateful for the farmer's markets because it is my how I'm making a living. Yeah. And you got into pork through somebody's 4-H project, I think you told me once? Yeah, yeah, I was raising, and I still do raise 4-H show pigs for the kids. And um, so I have a conventional program for the show pigs. And then what doesn't go into the show world and my off-season litters, I have an organic program. I'm not certified organic with my meats or eggs, but I feed them all 100% organic grain. Yeah, yeah. so you've got laying hands sheep and, and beef pork beef and lamb i i purchase the lambs and the beef as feeder animals depending if they need some finishing i'll put them on some organic grain and high quality alfalfa i'll take them off the pastures bring them to my place and put a finish on them sometimes the beef stay out on the pasture the whole time it just depends on what's available yeah. and the pigs i raise them from conception all the way through yeah and then I know you make wonderful sausages, or you, and you've got to send them off to a certified facility to do that, but you send them 
your recipe, right? Yes. What I do is I have a non-hazardous food permit so I can blend the seasonings and I buy bulk organic seasonings through a company. And then I have signature recipes that I've gotten from friends throughout the years, some that I've made up myself. And um, the Roundman's in, in Fort Bragg blends the sausage for me and does the packaging. So they take my seasonings that I've made up and make the sausage for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, They've been wonderful. They've worked with my program doing this for years, and I am super appreciative. Yeah. So you've been on the same place in Redwood Valley for... Since I was 19 and I'm 57, so a long time, <laughs> is a long time. digging in that dirt. And you've been doing these markets um, one after another after another. Yeah, we do all of them. We do uh, Monday in Laytonville, Wednesday, Fort Bragg, Thursday, Willits, Friday. During the season, we can do up to three. We can do um, Mendocino, Boonville, and then one of us sometimes will head up to Covalo on Fridays. We do Saturday in Ukiah and Sunday in Redwood Valley. Yeah. So it's a full, this is our downtime. It's kind of kind of nice, but <laughs> the money gets cut in half too, yeah, so exactly. the bills stay the same. Exactly. So what do you have in the way of vegetables right now? Pretty slim pickings, but I do have Napa cabbage now, bok choy, uh, quite a winter squash selection that I'll have throughout the winter. Have a quite a garlic stash still, some potatoes left. Um, so that's pretty much in the produce. Looking forward in a couple of months of having a bunch more stuff come off, but it's going to be a bit. Yeah. So how come your garlic's not all sprouting like mine? Because it's in cold storage. Not really cold storage. Yeah, I bought a freezer refrigerator combo, uh-huh. so I can turn it down to thirty-five degrees, uh-huh. and so that's where where it's yeah. sitting. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, and I know you've upped the vegetable production the last couple of years, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I jumped the fence and went to the plastic land, and I'm leasing some <laughs> leasing some hoop houses or uh, caterpillar houses from uh, Sarah and Alex. They're not using them, so they've been instrumental in putting them up, and it's a, it's a game changer. We have up to 6,000 square feet in covered areas, and right now it's 3,000 square feet. So it's it's a game changer. Um, first in, last out, and try to keep production to some level throughout the season. And I know you had peppers in June and yeah. other marvels this past yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's amazing when you can be two or three head, months ahead of the game. So yeah. looking forward to that this year and then growing two, an early crop and a late crop. Uh-huh. Yeah, good. Good. Well, uh, you're another one of those anchors of the market that market well, managers rely on. Well, without you guys, I wouldn't have a job, and I would have to go back to the bar business, and I can't, I can't, uh, yeah, don't want to do that right yeah. now. Can you say Can you say a few words? I have not asked anybody this, but can you say a few words about the advantage of farmer's market over wholesale? Oh, yeah. Well, um, for, one t- for one thing, I get the full retail value of this product. Um so the, really the only way I can make any money, especially off the meat, is selling it in one-pound packages and then being the, the farmer, the wholesaler, and the retailer and getting that final retail. I love the community and the, the camaraderie I get with the farmer's markets after leaving the restaurant business and always having that. This, kind of sub, this takes a lot of that. I get a lot of socialization. The farmer's markets are the easy part of my job. Uh-huh. Uh, they, I look forward to... My driving time and my farmer's market's time because it's uh, much easier. Yeah, yeah. 
Good. Well, it's great having you. Thank um, you. And yeah. I'm happy to be here, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Jesse. EBT customer Allison, whom we'll hear from in a bit, is particularly grateful for EBT and for Inland Ranch for the opportunity to buy the meat she knows she needs for her diet. When farmers markets in the county first began accepting EBT cards 10 or more years ago, we noticed a rapid uptick in the number of customers and in sales. With market match, the numbers went up still more significantly. Here in Willits, EBT and market match together generally account for more than a quarter of sales. How does it work? Those who are eligible for food stamps receive an EBT card from the state they live in, which they can use for food purchases at most outlets. At farmers' markets, because vendors are so small, the market manager has the terminal necessary to process sales. We swipe the customer's card and give tokens, usually wooden chips worth a dollar each, to each customer in return. The tokens can only be used for food, which since COVID includes hot foods and drinks, and market managers reimburse the vendors for the chips they have accepted in payment. I'm going to let my daughter Allegra, however, who just took on administering the Market Match program for North Coast Opportunities, explain the Market Match part of the arrangement. So Market Match gives people with CalFresh or EBT cards, which is formerly known as food stamps, a chance to double their dollars at farmers markets and at local farm CSAs and farm stands. So they can come to the market with their EBT card, get it swiped, um, get their EBT tokens or paper money, and then double that up to a $30 match. Market Match was initially privately funded. In fact, Mendocino County's own Good Farm Fund was founded in part to provide markets with funds to support the program, and the fund continues to do so today. But I ask Allegra to explain current funding. Now we have both federal and state funding, so it's a combination um, from a couple different programs, and that's filtered through the Ecology Center in Berkeley, who manages a bigger part of the grant, um, and then NCO manages the Lake and Mendocino County markets, although that being said, there's even some of the markets that have taken on their own um, grant managing. NCO saves market managers the time and trouble it takes to do the reporting that the Ecology Center, representing state and federal funders, requires. But I can't help but point out that there are four or five organizations, federal, state, private, and nonprofit, that come between taxpayers and dollars expended. And while market managers are on the front lines dealing with customers, as things stand now, we don't earn anything for our efforts except that is a big boost in sales for our markets. But let's hear from some EBT customers. So Allison has just had her card swiped and got a receipt back, and I'm about to count out the chips. Allison, how long have you been getting EBT and market match here? Um, you know, we have been doing it... Uh, we got out of routine of it actually uh, because of COVID, and uh, we are getting back into the routine of it. Yeah, uh, so it's been strange few years. 
to yeah. say the least. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we're glad to be uh, visiting the farmer's market and, again. And what's the EBT and the Market Match program mean to you? Uh, it means that I get uh, locally crafted meat that I can't source myself um, organic and that it means that like that I know that the animals are probably being taken care of better and uh, we're not contributing to as much like pollution and stuff and, like, I don't know it just means a lot to me like, if I'm going to eat meat I want, I want it to be raised in like, a properly proper living situation you know so and I don't have the means to grow animals myself so that's why I come to the farmer's market like I, I grow my own vegetables and stuff so I, I try to grow as much as I can myself but I don't have space to tend to an animal <laughs> so, yeah yeah and uh, I tried to be vegetarian and that just did not work for me my body doesn't absorb uh, B vitamins through vitamin supplements and uh, plants so uh, I have to okay. get it through meats. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we're lucky to have Jesse tanning yeah. an Inland Ranch. Yeah. yeah. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Let's take a moment to remind our listeners that you're listening to the Farm and Garden Show. We're focused today on farmers' markets and how they work and why people come. And this is, of course, KZYX Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willetson, Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. But let's go back to our customers. Hi, Alina. Hi. Can I get you some chips? Absolutely, mate. Okay. So what I'm doing is I am doing a radio program for KZYX on the Farm and Garden Show. Um, And this one is about farmers' markets. So I want to talk to people who are getting food stamps, and talk to them about the Market Match program in particular. Because you, and you've been doing this for a while. What does it mean to you? Uh, It means that I get local produce that's higher quality and tends to be organic uh, at a rate that I and my family can afford. Good. Um, And you're here every week, right? Yes. So let's go through this transaction. I think I'll leave this on for the transaction. And you can just listen to how it goes. Standard okay. 30, please. 30? 30. Okay. Okay. So I'm typing into a machine that has a radio contact with somebody somewhere and telling them that I'm going to swipe a card for $30. And, um, Alina, could you put your pin in, please? Yes. I think we've counted out our 30. Yes. There is your card. You've got your receipt. You've got your chips. Do you need another bag to hold all those things? Or are you good? Uh, I think I'm going to Tetris them in. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Good. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. We'll finish up this tour of the market with Reese Slocum, a long-time regular. You come to the market pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you get out of it? Why do you, why do you come? Oh, uh, all the wonderful reasons to come. I mean, it... <laughs> I'm supporting uh, local businesses who have been a lot to be friends, and uh, I'm getting the the freshest and the most nutritious organic food that um, I can imagine. It's not been sitting in a store, even if it's you know our beloved Mariposa. 
but it you know it hasn't been packaged and sitting around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the supporting local is is where it's at because we know our farmers, and um, it's really important to you know for accountability on some level. And um, I think that that's you know if you know somebody and you're at the farm, which you can, you can access almost all these farms, you get to see their practices and trust that uh-huh. what they say they're giving they're giving you. Uh-huh. That's important to me. And I was just listening to the Farm and Garden show, and they were you know interviewing uh, Gowan, and I forget who, the other one who did um, lo- eat local. Eat local, Gowan and, and Sarah Bobby. Sarah, that's yeah. it. And they're and doing so, it again, yes. or at least... I, I know Gowan is doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wonderful. Yeah. 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 It's inspiring. Yeah. And, and it's and not a guilt trip. That was what's wonderful, right. too. And I, and I think um, that first experience, which is 10 years ago, was all about finding out if it could be done and what the limits were. And I think that Gowan's going to find that there are a lot fewer limits yes. than there were. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, thank you. Sorry You've been listening to the Farm and Garden Show on KZYX and Z, listener-sponsored radio. And we've been talking to folks at the Willits Farmers Market to get an idea why people come. I'm Michael Foley, and I hope you enjoyed the show. The Farm and Garden Show can be heard the first and third Thursdays of the month, hosted by Elizabeth Archer, and the fourth Thursday, hosted by yours truly and Sarah Grusky. Sarah will be back next time. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.